We live in a world that is facing one of its biggest challenges in living memory. The coronavirus pandemic has devastating potential as it sweeps across the globe. To fight the virus and its slow its spread, we've had to change almost everything about how we live our lives. In Coronavirus Examined, we're talking to experts from the University of Sheffield to explore the different ways in which coronavirus is changing our world and the way we live. Hi there, I'm Alicia Shepherd, and welcome to Coronavirus Examined. Today, I'm joined by Stephen Foxley, the Executive Director of the University of Sheffield's Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre. In this episode, we're going to discuss some of the challenges faced by manufacturing and how the AMRC have stepped up in a time of crisis to help produce much-needed ventilators. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today uh, to have a bit of a chat with us. Just before we get into a bit more detail, could you give us a bit of background on your current role as the Executive Director of the Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre at Sheffield? Absolutely, and thanks for inviting me on. Um, so yeah, I took on the role back in January this year. So previously I worked for Siemens and I'd admired the AMRC and the, and the wider Catapult network for many years. Um, when this opportunity came up, it was a dream job for me. You know, there's obviously been a lot of changes in the AMRC last year. And I think it's a fantastic business and a really exciting role. So what I'm really here to do is to help the team design and write the next chapter of the AMRC. Obviously, the first chapter, the last 20 years, has been incredible. Uh, we've had the, the regeneration of the Orgreave site, an incredible number of advanced manufacturing jobs and companies attracted to their advanced manufacturing park and it's the sort of um, business that's a lifelong endeavor and what we're planning to do is to try and use this amazing platform that's been created in the last 20 years to create the the next chapter of the AMRC story and plant the next seeds for growth so for us it's all about making things better you know the original vision was around creating sustainable wealth for all and we're looking to carry on that legacy and help lead industry into a more sustainable, smart and resilient future. Um, so how has the AMRC responded to the current crisis? We, um, we're part of the wider high value manufacturing catapult network. And back in March, the Prime Minister um, reached out uh, for support on this ventilator challenge. There wasn't enough ventilators being manufactured for the peak demand that they saw in the NHS and uh, the, the high value manufacturing catapult was asked to lead uh, a consortium to find solutions to that. And so we were part of that consortium. There were 20 companies involved, We've got Ford, Airbus, the Formula One teams uh, and ourselves. And we were asked to look at how we could massively ramp up uh, the manufacture of ventilators in the UK. And it was it's quite incredible. If we go back, uh, I think just organising those teams and setting up and planning for how to do that. You know, typically, that would take something like 18 months to plan uh, an organisation like that to come up with a solution. And they managed to do it in four weeks, which was incredible. Uh, and the two existing manufacturers in the UK who were making ventilators, typically it would have taken them 10 years to make the number of ventilators that we needed for the NHS. And by working and collaborating in this consortium, we took 10 years worth of manufacture and condensed it down to 10 weeks. So uh, it's been incredible, um, the response to the crisis. And we've helped, firstly, in that um, 
ventilator challenge. So we've 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 converted our facility over in Wales, and that's producing ventilators as we speak right right now. There's 500 people on site manufacturing life-saving ventilators. The other way that we helped was for that particular site and that consortium, as well as others at the Ford site, we've been helping them use digital technology. So you can imagine automotive engineers and aerospace engineers, they've never assembled a ventilator before. And so we've helped them by providing HoloLens devices, which are mixed reality glasses, where these operators can can see how to assemble a ventilator. And if they're struggling or stuck, they can talk directly to a support engineer who can tell them uh, how to manufacture that uh, and assemble that particular component. Um, we've also been supporting around the design of some of these ventilators. So we've helped them optimize the manufacture of certain parts and our machining group have um, been providing expert advice in that area. And then wider in collaboration with the university, we've been helping with the manufacture of the face visors and the PPE. So I think we've been producing about a thousand face visors a week in our design and prototyping team on site. That's amazing. I didn't quite realize the numbers and the scale at which you were working. It is incredible. You know, I think there's a lot to be proud of, of what we've got in the UK manufacturing sector and when there's a crisis, how they can respond. And I think also within the Catapult Network and within the AMRC, just incredibly proud of uh, what can be achieved, a can-do attitude and, um, you know, coming up with some really novel ways of solving problems like this. And in terms of those novel ways, how have staff been working to find these engineering solutions? Well, if we take the um, HoloLenses, that particular technology, uh, we've been using that with partners like Boeing uh, for a number of years. Um, but what, they, what the team have had to do is uh, quickly source a number of those HoloLens devices. They've then had to program them with the relevant material. So from the existing manufacturers like Penlon, collecting all of their training material and then using that to load onto the hollow lens devices and give um, mixed reality training on, on what these uh, technicians need to do. Um, and then distribute those hollow lenses out to all of the relevant sites across the UK uh, and enable the connectivity to get back to the support engineers if anybody's stuck. So it's taking something that we were quite familiar with, but but using it in a very different environment. I think for the machining guys and the design and pro- prototyping team, that's been around um, using their expertise, around knowledge of materials, knowledge of manufacturing processes, knowledge of the whole supply chain network across the UK and helping these teams work out the best way to uh, design the best materials to use and then who in the supply chain network can manufacture them uh, the quickest and to the best standard for the consortium. And I think for our PPE team, it's been around how to use the existing designs for face visors and use that on the state of the art equipment we've got on site uh, to manufacture quickly and also to make some design improvements to remove any uh, um material constraints that we might have had so again i think there's been some really novel solutions in in that area have there been any particular challenges around having this innovation and reacting to demand but also acknowledging safety concerns around manufacturing at the moment 
from the advice from the government on Sunday, everyone's talking about returning to work, but we've been working on a, a six-phase plan, really, from the moment we, we all demand and left site at the end of March. So we went straight to home working, um, but then when the ventilator challenge came along, we've had to bring small groups of people onto site to do specific pieces of work, and we've had to do that safely. So we've put together very robust um, risk assessment and method statements to take people from their front door, bring them safely onto site, maintain the social distancing, uh, and then get them back home safely. And we've then used that in our phase two, which has been around manufacturing PPE face visors. So again, bringing more people onto site, uh, different buildings for different durations, but again, using the same methodology around how do we keep them safe and ensure that social distancing. And then I think the third area we've really learned from is around our AMRC Wales site. So where we've had to completely uh, reshape the, the, the building, uh, we have to have, I think it's 500 people on, on site manufacturing ventilators. So there's a very clear process for how people arrive in the car park, how they wayfind themselves to registration on site. There's then a one-way system through the building uh, there's social distancing in all the social areas for coffee breaks, for lunchtime. And all of that experience is, is one, it's helping us remobilize the AMRC site during May and June as we come back for more specific pieces of work. But it's also been picked up as best practice by the Welsh Government. So the experience from AMRC Wales and the guidance that we've we've used there has now been taken on board by the Welsh Government for the wider food uh, and beverage manufacturing sector in Wales uh, and also looking at how we can remobilise SMEs in Wales. So I think we've got, we've got some really brilliant first-hand experience uh, that makes us feel confident we can bring more people back onto site in a safe way. So what has the coronavirus crisis shown us about the importance of manufacturing to society? I think we've all experienced it, haven't we? I think as soon as we went into lockdown, everybody suddenly remembered again the importance of just making things, you know, what manufacturing does and how important it is, you know, whether that's manufacturing medical devices, as we've talked about, or hand sanitizers, or PPE equipment, or manufacturing food, toilet roll, you know, we've all experienced in those first few weeks just how important it is to make things. Um, and we've seen Companies like Burberry making PPE. We've got Formula One companies making ventilators. Brewdog making hand sanitizers. And uh, I think, it's first of all, it's just reminded everybody about how important our UK manufacturing sector is and actually how brilliant it is. When there's a crisis, the response has been incredible. Um, I think what we need to do is make sure we don't forget that as we come out of the crisis. Uh, manufacturing impacts every part of our life. And I think it's also shown how vulnerable we are um, when global supply chains don't work. So it's a lesson for us all. I think it's one that government is listening to as well. That manufacturing really does matter here in the UK. And we need to make sure we invest in it. We need to make sure we are spending the right amount of R&D on developing it to make sure it really is competitive and resilient. So I think it's just reminded everybody the importance of manufacturing. Uh, and I think as we go into some of the challenges post-COVID, such as zero carbon, 
uh, around leveling up. Um, again, it's all going to remind us uh, we need to have a strong manufacturing sector in the UK and we need to be investing in it, whether that's private sector investment or public sector investment. Um, we need to have that expertise in R&D and in engineering to make sure we've got a really strong manufacturing sector in the UK. And I think Sheffield's got a really important role to play in that. Um, I think the AMRC, I think the wider manufacturing network in Sheffield, it's uh, it's going to have even greater importance as we come out of COVID. Is there anything else, obviously you've mentioned investment there, but is there anything else that can be done to our manufacturing capabilities to make them more resilient and adaptable for the future? Yeah, well, one of the things that we're particularly interested in at the moment is um, is around uh, just understanding our supply networks. So one of the things that we have in our strategy for the AMRC is looking at digital thread and having that digital thread through the whole supply chain. So understanding at each part what their capacity is, what their um, any constraints they've got, any bottlenecks, so that we've got visibility across all of our supply chain, whether that's in the UK or globally, to find out where we've got pinch points and where we maybe need to build some extra resilience locally. So I think we're going to see a big push on data, on uh, connectivity and on awareness of um, capacity within the supply chains. I think we're also going to see companies looking at um, using digitalization as a way to come out of COVID-19. So we know that some of the big capex spends that maybe they'd originally got in their budgets, those will have been eroded because of the lockdown. But investing in some automation, investing in some uh, data and connectivity to look at uh, how they uh, re-emerge after the lockdown. You know, it will be phased. They'll be looking at different levels of resources on site, different shift patterns because of social distancing. They'll be looking at different production volumes. I think we'll see a real focus on digital solutions uh, to help them with that. Um, and then I think, as we've seen, we we reconfigured aerospace plants, we reconfigured automotive plants to make other products. And as we come out of COVID, some manufacturing sectors will bounce back really quickly and back be back to normal, producing their normal products in three to six months. There'll be other sectors that have a, a lot longer recovery. And so I think we're going to see some of these manufacturers wanting to find ways to reconfigure their plants. You know, what other products could they manufacture? What other adjacent uh, technologies are there? And how can they use the buildings and the equipment they've got to produce alternative products? So I think we're going to see those sorts of things coming out as a result of COVID-19. I think it'd be really interesting, actually, to see a lot of what is going to come out of this, not just in a manufacturing sense, actually, but just how the whole world responds to what's happened and adapts to it in the future, definitely. We've all adapted to this virtual meeting technology as a result of the lockdown. And there's been comments made that it's helped to accelerate the adoption of remote working and home working by about two years. Uh, and I think we're going to see the same thing in manufacturing. As you were saying there, as we come out of it, we're, we're going to springboard some of these te technological developments um, because we're going to have to work in a more constrained way. So I think, again, we are we are going to, to leapfrog uh, ahead of where we originally planned to be as a result of this crisis. 
So just finally, what has it been like for you as the executive director to see the AMRC step up in this time of crisis and do what is absolutely been necessary? Well, before I joined the AMRC, I, I knew that the culture here was special. Um, and I think now having been through this time of crisis, I've seen firsthand just how special this team is and how special the culture is. There's a real family environment here. There's a real community. And uh, one, of the, one of the strengths is around collaboration. So as we've gone into crisis, the AMRC culture is not to try and solve all these problems on their own. It's about the network. It's about bringing together the best minds, the best organisations and creating an environment where we collaborate. And I've just seen that firsthand. It's in, in, in our DNA. It's, it's just the way we approach every challenge is how can we collaborate and bring the best people together um, and make make those teams accessible and that information accessible to everybody. I've also seen firsthand this culture of just delivering. Um, there's a real can-do attitude in the team and can they can react in a really agile way. They react fast. They put solutions on the table quickly. Um, and that just builds a lot of confidence and trust uh, with the partners that we work with. And I think the other bit I've been really proud of and again seen firsthand is the MRC is willing to lead and willing to to put opinions forward that maybe aren't um, popular with with uh, the rest of the teams that we're working with. But just having that confidence and that boldness to to see things that others don't and to think differently. So I can think of one example we're working on right now where for the last four or five weeks, there's been a real momentum around a particular technical solution that we've just not felt is the right one. Um, and I'm just really proud of the team, how they, in a really proactive way and confident way, um, argue, defend their corner, um, explain why they think there may be a better solution out there. And ultimately, I think it helps us come to the, the best solution. And I just think there's a real level of com confidence in the team and their ability and in their knowledge that um, puts, the, puts the best ideas on the table uh, and helps us find the right solutions to some of these problems. Um, thank you so much for sharing some of your insights on manufacturing as a whole and the successes of the AMRC, which are actually just really amazing in this really difficult time. So thank you so much for that. No problem. Thanks for your time. Before we go, we'd just like to say a huge thanks to Steve for talking to us on Coronavirus Examined. Thanks for listening, and hopefully you'll join us for our next episode, where we'll be talking about how a universal basic income could help us out of the financial implications of the coronavirus pandemic. Coronavirus Examined is a podcast series from the University of Sheffield. It's presented by me, Alicia Shepherd, and edited and produced by Harry Clulo and Tommy Wilson. To find out more about the University of Sheffield's research around coronavirus, head to sheffield.ac.uk forward slash research forward slash coronavirus.